0: The following podcast is part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.
1: Welcome to Mind Body Pause with Charlie Kale, holistic living for you and your animals. You found your happy place to nurture your connection to animals with enlightening information from the innovators who make their world a better place. This is Mind Body Pause on Empower Radio. Now, here's your host, fellow animal lover, Charlie Kale.
0: And welcome to Mind, Body, Paws, holistic living for you and your animals. This is show number eight, talking your way into better behavior with your animals with Tim Link. Thank you everyone for being here. I'm Charlie Kale, mom to two dogs and three cats, broadcaster and Reiki practitioner in San Francisco at Energy Healing for People and Paws. I do distant healings as well as in-person appointments because energy transcends space and time and there is more of all of that at charliekale.com, C-H-A-R-L-Y-K-A-Y-L-E.com. This is your safe place to honor animals, where we'll nurture our connection to them mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, as well as behaviorally. I don't know if that's a word, but it is now. Your animal's behavior is 100% affected by how you communicate with them. It's easier than you think, though, to do it Right. I mean, there is no right or wrong. I've got Tim Link, a nationally syndicated radio host, animal communicator, and Reiki practitioner who created his wagging tails consulting practice after discovering his ability to talk to the animals. He's active with animal rescue organizations and lives in Cumming, Georgia with his wife and their animal family. He's been on television shows on all the major networks, written columns for many publications, and his latest book is called... Talking with Cats and Dogs, Joining the Conversation to Improve Behavior and Bond with Your Animals. Hello, Tim. Hi. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. You know, I see all the care that went into crafting the title of your book, Talking with Cats and Dogs, not to them, Joining the Conversation, because it's always going on whether we're tuned in or not, Improving Behavior, not fixing it, and Bonding with them, not owning them
1: that's it because it's a partnership you know it really is you know uh, uh, we call some people will call it pet ownership you know i call it uh, being your human companion to your furry feathered finned or skilled friend and uh how do you build that best relationship with them because they are a member of the family and it's more than just uh training there's a place for training but it's more deep and uh, detailed than that in my belief
0: Absolutely. So they're always trying to communicate with us. We're the ones who don't always pay attention. And the good thing is people are coming around and they're learning that you can. So pretty much would you say that all the unwanted behaviors can be lessened by communicating correctly with our animals?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think communication is the key. Communication is the key to everything in life. When we as humans communicate uh, openly and freely with each other, we can solve issues we can build better bonds we can improve behavior even with each other uh, which <laughs> lord knows we need that nowadays that's just common weary yes. uh, yes. so it's the same thing with our animals you know they're communicating with themselves they you know a telepathic communication between uh, each animal so they're already having these conversations and that's why you see them you know uh, getting along and understanding each other and having a, a great relationship with each other um, the challenge comes with humans is we get so uh, wrapped up in this thing called life that we don't slow down enough to really deeply connect with our animals and communicate with them. And when we do receive information from them, whether it's a, a feeling, an emotion, or a, you know, a, just a knowing that they're trying to communicate with us, uh, if once we receive that information, we as humans doubt ourselves. We doubt what we're receiving. We're we're looking more for clues or, or confirmation. And of course, um, that's the biggest challenge we have is the fact that we talk ourselves out of actually what we are receiving.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. And, and I question myself for sure. So what would you say to do so that we do trust ourselves more?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing is if you're going to have a communication with your animal, uh, you know, I think that you, first of all, have to You have to breathe, you have to slow down long enough, take a breath, clear yourself a little bit, and communicate with them. Communicate with them verbally, communicate with them visually, and connect with them. And the information that you're going to receive back could be in a form of words, feelings, colors, emotions, it could be intuition, it could be a gut feeling, whatever it may be. uh, However you receive that information back from the animal, trust what you're receiving. Um, You know, we all know the word... Uh, intuition, and some people are very open to that word because we're all intuitive creatures, but some of us maybe not familiar with that word, or at least not knowing that we have intuition. Uh, but we all know we have gut feelings, and so they go hand in hand. You as a you know as a Reiki practitioner, me as a Reiki master, you know it's that's part of it. Our, our gut feelings, that center sh- chakra, and that's the center of all knowing. That's the center of all being. So if we trust what we're receiving, trust that gut feeling. You're going to find out more times than not you're actually communicating with your animal and understanding them, and connecting at the right level.
0: And one of the big lessons they are here to teach us all is to calm down, stay grounded, trust your gut, and live in the moment.
1: Absolutely, you know, animals live in that moment, and we hear that you know quite frequently, and it's absolutely true. If You know, they have a past, just like we do. Uh, They understand that past. They learn from that past, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. They learn from that, and they apply that to the present moment. And they're here for a purpose, and they stay true to their purpose the best they can until either their body no longer serves them or they fulfill that purpose, and then they move on. And I think it's true with us humans as well. We do have a past, a present, and a future. The key is, and we also have a purpose. Uh, The challenge is we as humans, we often get bogged down by our past. You know, we we let the past dictate who we are today. And we spend most of our time and money and therapy sessions trying to figure out why in the world we're here. We slow down enough, we'll find our purpose. And if we let go of that past and learn from it, but let go of it, we can truly live in the present moment just like our animals do.
0: So true. I mean, the animals aren't ruminating in the issues from the past. Poor me, poor me, poor me at all. They're look, looking at the present, um, trying to figure out how to make it the most pleasurable. And they're they're not, they don't have huge anxiety over their future either. They just know that however they make their present, well, then the future is going to be their present and it's going to be pleasant.
1: That's it. You know, I I think the key thing is, you know, trying to identify uh, without forcing it, but allowing yourself to accept whatever your purpose is for being here. And then you won't have to worry about the future. Now, I'm not saying go out and spend your 401Ks and <laughs> you know, buy 12 houses. Those things are just material things. But, you know, we it, in in reality, you know, we don't know how long we're going to be here. And so we have to determine the best we can why we are here and try to fulfill that purpose every single day. And I really think that's what animals do a great job of.
0: They do. They do. They're wonderful at it and wonderful at reminding us that that's all we have to do. So one of the important things of helping with animal behaviors that we find unpleasant, which are often signals to us to change something, but uh, to at least get through to them or uh, that's not the right thing. I don't want to say get through to them, uh, but uh, connect with them. The bet is and you talk about it a lot in your book about verbally telling your animals what is going on and why.
1: Absolutely. You know, I can't count the number of times people, after they've read the book, Talking with Dogs and Cats, um, they come to me and say, I'm so glad you wrote this book for many reasons, which I'm blessed for. But really, one of the things they, they say is, I always talk to my animals and I thought I was strange. And when you told me that others do the same, I felt like I belonged. I'm like, absolutely, you should talk to them verbally. Because what happens with animals is when we say things out loud, when we verbalize something, the animals understand that. And, and we know that from our training techniques. You know, if we're teaching our dogs how to sit, stay, leave it, these things that we learn uh, from uh, basic training, we know they understand the words that they, we say. And my, um, what I put out there is they understand more words than what we imagine. They understand what we're actually talking about. That's why when we're starting to talk about a, going on a trip or going away for uh, the week or going away for the day to work, they understand what we're talking about. Um, more uh, In addition to that, hand-in-hand hand with that is the visualization. Uh, every time we say a word or a series of words, we submit a mental picture of what we're talking about. Uh, so, for instance, if I say I'm going down to the beach, I've got my pink flip-flops, my pink umbrella – I'm going to drive my yellow Jeep down to the beach, and I'm going to park it in the sand. These are words that I said, correct? I'm assuming you heard me. Mm-hmm. So you hear those words, and did, did you see the visualization that comes along with that? Did you see the pink? Oh, flip-flops? yes. Did you see the pink umbrella? Exactly. And so that's Oh, the and thing I that smelled
0: was- the ocean air. I, I felt the sand between my feet.
1: There you go. So you, uh, you're you understanding more than what my basic words were and more of what my basic visualization was that I put out there. And so that's what we're talking about with animals. If you communicate with them verbally, they're going to understand what you're talking about. more conscious and cognizant you are about the picture, the more clear you are about the picture you're transmitting based on what you're saying, the better they're in tune with it, the better they pick up on it, they see that visualization And then when you talk about things out loud and you visualize it, how you want the outcome to uh, to turn out, you feel better. Your energy, your body automatically goes up to a positive vibration, a positive level. And we all know that animals respond much better to positive imagery, positive praise, positive reinforcement than they do with uh, negative reinforcement.
0: Completely.
1: Yeah. So it's good. Talk to your animals. Tell them what you need to tell them see how you want the outcome to turn out and what you're trying to share with them, and then feel good about it afterwards. And I think you're going to have a great communication session with your animals.
0: And it works with behaviors, but it also works with emotions. I used to have a depressed, moping German shepherd for weeks on end after my mom would visit me because she'd be here for two months, and then she'd go back to Virginia. And my dog, Sasha, was just devastated. So we started talking to her and preparing her for when mom would – actually, I'd start – Before mom would get here, that prepare her mom was coming. Then when mom would be here, mom would prepare her as it started getting closer for her to leave. And uh, then she'd start counting down the days. And mom would always tell her that just because she's gone, it didn't mean she didn't love her. She just had to go back home to take care of things. And when it was possible, I would always take Sasha to the airport to pick mom up and again to take mom back. And it was a complete turnaround. Sasha would cry when mom first got out of the car and walked into the airport, but by the time we got home, she was her old self again. She's happy, wanting treats. And I tell everybody, prepare your animal for emotional things as well as behavioral things because it makes all the difference in the world.
1: Absolutely, it's like you tore a chapter from my book talking with dogs <laughs> and cats because <laughs> I talk about that in detail. You know how do you communicate more effectively for your animals? Well, it's it is that verbal and visual and positive imagery that you put out there. Uh, but there's some simple techniques, and they're fun to do. And once you get them into your routine, into your habit of how to communicate with animals, um, it, it just becomes commonplace, and you will find a better uh, – uh, you'll find your animals respond to it better and a more emotionally sound with what you're talking about. So, you know, in your case, it's perfect. You guys did the, the, the perfect thing. You let the animals know what the situation is, what they need to do, and why is this going to be good for them. What's the perk? What's the plus? And if you're going to be gone or leaving the house or if mom's going back to, uh, to uh, Virginia after the visit, you let them know where you're going, when you'll be back, and what are they to do while you're gone. And make it very positive, make it very easy for them. If you just sort of follow those steps along on how to communicate with your animal, you're going to find that the animals, uh, uh, you'll have less behavior challenges, you'll have a better emotional, uh, stable animal, and you're going to have a great relationship with your animal.
0: Having two dogs and three cats, people, a lot of people say to me, oh, when you're gone, uh, do you leave them all out in the house or do you put them in? Cre-? No, they all have full use of the house. And so the people say and they get along. Yes, always. And what you said is so important because I always talk to them and I'm always say, OK, mommy's got to go to work now, you know be home and I'll, you know, kind of give them a ballpark figure. And I say, hey, you know, give or take an hour, okay, guys? And uh, and because of your book, though, I did start giving them jobs when I before I leave the house because I didn't do that before. So now <laughs> your job is to sleep. Your job is to sleep. Your job is to sleep. Everybody, please. <sleeps. laughs> but I make it a little different for each one so it doesn't sound like I'm safe. basically the same thing. <laughs> but... <laughs> But it's true. When I get home, nobody's gotten into the trash. Um, Sasha is better about not getting into the kitty litter boxes. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's not tempting to her, but she's better about it. Um, everybody has has been acting better. and I come home and the house is fine. It's not a wreck. Yeah, you give
1: them a little job to do and make it nice and easy. You know, we all we often as a human characteristic, if we're not used to communicating in this fashion, uh, when we leave out of the house, we're usually in such a hurry. We, don't, we always say, bye, pups, be good, guard the house. You, know, yeah, you never want to tell no. your animals to guard the house, watch the squirrels out the tree, you know, out the window, uh, you know, uh, don't do this, don't do that, because the animals will uh, either be tense because they feel they have to protect the house or they have to watch the squirrels outside, or if you tell them don't, animals are great at deflecting negative energy. And the words like don't, not, stop, quit, when you yell, when you scream, when you clap, that's all transmitting negative energy. And so they'll deflect that. So if you tell them don't eat the kitty litter, don't <laughs> eat what's in the kitty litter box, well, they're going to throw out that word don't, and they're going to eat what's in the kitty litter box. <laughs> She's so like, you,
0: oh, goody. <laughs> yes. So Treat. you know,
1: basically say be, uh, be be nice to the kitties. Uh, keep my blankets warm. Take a long nap. Um, We'll get a treat afterwards, you know, nice and, you know, project a nice imagery of something that's very easy, very calming for them to do, and they'll do that.
0: We're talking with Tim Link, author of the book *Talking with Cats and Dogs*, joining the conversation to improve behavior and bond with your animals. It's so important to remember that each animal is unique, coming into this world and your life with his or her own special personality and characteristics. And and I appreciate that you you mentioned that it was so funny in your book. You said, um, try not to pick a favorite, and I, and I, it that was so foreign to me. I love all my animals so much for who they are distinctly and uniquely that I can't pick a favorite. I, could, I, I couldn't do that. But um, what are some of the most common unwanted behaviors that you deal with?
1: Well, in the, in the book, we talk a little bit about, you know, the first part of the book is uh, sort of animal communication one-on-one, how to better connect, how to communicate, some of the things I just mentioned. The latter part of the book deals with sort of the top 30 things. If you have a dog or a cat in your life, you're probably going to experience it at some point in time. And so I'm going to give you some new techniques, uh, different techniques to approach to improve that situation. And so one of them is the litter box. You know, the kitty's no longer using the litter box and making a mess everywhere. Well, you know, cats are brilliant. Outside of uh, rabbits, rabbits and cats are only two animals that I can think of that naturally know how to use a litter box. You can put a, a plastic box down, throw some litter or clay or, or paper, whatever you're putting in there, and they know exactly what to do with it, and they use it consistently. But when they stop using it, then there is either a physical, mental, or an emotional challenge going on with that animal. And so if it's a physical situation, then obviously you need to uh, seek veterinarian care and see what the problem is, correct it. If it's an emotional or mental situation, now that you're talking about there's something going on that's impacting that animal. And so that could simply be um, um, a change in the routine. Animals love their routines, and maybe you're coming home late from work constantly now where you used to not do that. Uh, maybe you have a new uh, friend that's coming to visit. Maybe mom's coming to visit and that they didn't understand why mom was there or wasn't expecting that. Uh, maybe somebody's moved out of the household. And so all these things are emotional um, challenges that we go through in, when we have company coming over or someone leaving the house, or animals feel that impact as well. And so the cat being so brilliant, they know to get our attention Best way to do that, stop using that litter box. So I always tell people, you know, pause, breathe, clean up the mess, and then connect with your animal and find out what's going on. See if it's a physical thing. See if it's an emotional or a mental thing going on. And once you communicate, you can better understand that and help solve that situation.
0: Absolutely. And I always caution people who, who tell me and say, oh, my gosh, my cat, you know, I always... Caution them. don't say, "Oh, bad cat, bad cat." Look into the reason. There's a reason. That cat's not doing it to be quote unquote "bad." It's doing it to get your attention and th- alert you to something.
1: Exactly. Animals don't deal with egos, and that's the thing, an ego characteristic. That's a human characteristic that we've developed, and I wish we could get rid of. But egos are things like, you know, dealing with uh, spite or looking to be bad, or, or to be of resentment, these type of things, that's not a, at the animal's level. They don't deal in that level. Yeah, they're, they're far superior than that, I'll say.
0: <laughs> exactly. So,
1: yeah, so they're not doing things just out of spite. They're doing something to get your attention to what the situation is, and it's up to you and that partnership you have with your animal to help understand that and solve that situation. And so that's why we talk about it, you know, I talk about it in the book, whether it's uh, the cat in the or using the litter box, my dog always barking when the doorbell rings, uh, my dog chasing the uh, squirrels or, or uh, pulling me on leash when they meet a new person or a new animal in the park, these type of things, and I try to give you some uh, helpful advice, some tips, give you a lot of stories, personal stories, as well as stories from my clients that how they had that same type of situation, or I had that same type of situation, and we put together these new methods of communicating, and it helped solve that situation or at least uh, improve it drastically.
0: What would you suggest for a German shepherd who barks crazily while riding in the car? Now, mostly at other dogs that she sees being walked outside the window, but it can also be at a person who looks like a big animal. (laughs) Any person walking by with wild hair or wearing a furry coat, she barks like crazy as well. So, of course, it's very distracting while I'm
1: driving. Right. Right. Well, when a Dog is barking at uh, another individual, another dog, something outside, or you know, in your case, driving the, uh, in the automobile. You try to identify it ahead of time, so sort of be on the, without seeing your eyes off the road, sort of being on the lookout for, uh, you know, the guy with the crazy hair or you know, the, the, the other dog out there. And if you address it first and say, you know, look, there's that, there's that dog. Is that nice that they're walking that dog? Let's show them how good you are. Let's let's do our good. Let's do our good. Let's do be gentle. Show them nice. Show them nice. So what I'm saying there is you identify it ahead of time and ease yourself. That way you're not getting all tense about it or you're not getting surprised about it because your dog will feel that energy if you do. Then you identify it ahead of time and explain what it is, what they need to do, and why is this going to be a good thing. You can even establish a positive energy keyword to use during that situation. So, for instance, a positive energy keywords are words that bring about positive energy and positive imagery. So, things like nice, kind, loving, happy, sweet.
0: Gentle so we, is one I gentle. use with her all the time. Yeah. Gentle. Because gentle. anytime we're at the dog park, people try to give her treats, and then I have to rush over and say, oh, hold on, she'll bite your hand off. So, just say gentle, and then she'll take yeah. it out of your hand very gently.
1: That's it. That's it. And, and, and the key thing is, you've got to believe that when you say that word gentle, she understands, and everything's going to be calm and gentle. You know, if you're saying it, it with, it with uh, intensity or with uh, <laughs> you know, like, gentle, gentle. No, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. So take that breath and use that word gentle, and you, you're, you're right. That gentle becomes, show you're gentle, do the gentle, be the gentle. You're doing such good gentle. Here's a treat. Here's some love. Here's a bally, Here's something to, you know, that you like. So what happens then is your dog all of a sudden starts to realize, hey, when, when mama uses that word gentle, she feels good about it. And when I don't attack the window after the person with the weird <laughs> hair, I get a treat, and I like treats. So when I hear the word gentle, I know to stay calm, and I'm going to get a treat. And that's it. And you do that in baby steps. You stay consistent with it, and all of a sudden your positive energy keyword becomes the word gentle. And you use it, and the animal understands.
0: And you know what? It calms me down, too, because she's connected to my energy and reading my energy.
1: Absolutely. You know, I tell people all the time, if you have a behavior shift within your household, within your animals in your household, that's the great time to stop, take a breath, look within yourself, look around at the other people in the household, look around the household in general, find out what's changed. There's probably a shift going on in energy. There's probably a shift going on in something that's in the household. And if you identify what that is, you're going to help uh, improve the situation or solve the problem for your animal. So it's a great opportunity for you to take a look and say, man, you know what? I was was more stressed than I thought I was. (laughs) That's much better than blowing blowing a gasket later on. So, yeah, look within yourself.
0: And there we go again, them teaching us to stay calm and grounded and live in the moment.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Well, you know, we know from a scientific standpoint, the animals help us live longer. They lower blood pressure. They they lower heart rate. and we set and pet a dog or a cat or an animal, we calm down more. So, you know, it's sort of from a scientific standpoint, that's proven. And it's absolutely true. They're teaching us that, hey, stay calm. Don't worry about it. Stay in the moment. Stay in the present. And if you do that... They're gonna stay in the moment, stay in the present, stay calm as well.
0: So we're down to the last minute. What is one bit of information you would like everyone to remember?
1: I think that the key thing that I try to get across is the fact that communicate with your animals. Communicate openly with them, both verbally, visually, and in a positive manner. Spend time with your animals, you know, in that moment. I often see people that, you know, are walking their dogs and they're playing on their phones. Or they uh, build a fence in their backyard and they figure, well, well, I'll put the dog in the backyard and the dog will run around and that's all I need to do. No, it's not enough. You have a relationship with your animals. They're a member of your family. They're a member of your household. And you want the best relationship possible. So the best way to do that is spend time with them, communicate with them, connect with them, and you'll find that bond growing greater and greater every day.
0: And then you'll find no matter how many animals you have, they do all get along.
1: They do. Kumbaya, right?
0: Exactly. (laughs) Thank you so much. Tim Link, author of the book, Talking with Dogs and Cats, Joining the Conversation to Improve Better Behavior and Bond with Your Animals, really is a great book, and um, I want everyone to know that it's got Tons of behavioral issues covered in the book. We only mentioned two, but they're, you know, half the book is just behavior issues that you can flip back to and reread and reread if you forgot what the message was or the information was. So it's a very handy reference book as well. So connect with Tim Link on Facebook and all his social media and find out more at wagging tails.com. That's wagging W A G G I N G hyphen T-A-L-E-S Tales.com And thank you so much for hanging out with me on Mind Body Pause Holistic Living for you and your animals. I'm Charlie Kale. Check out my Reiki business Healing Energy or Energy Healing for People and Paws <laughs> name of my own business for in-person or distant healing sessions for people or animals at CharlieKale.com and you can find past shows there as well as on my page at Empower Radio and please connect with me on social media. Special thanks to Brent Carey the CEO of Empower Power Radio and Tony Facchini at the controls back in the studio in Detroit, Michigan. Take care and remember, no matter what is going on with your animals, don't beat yourself up thinking you could have done better because you're doing the best you can. And they know it, and they chose you anyway, and love you for it. Mind Body Pause is a guilt-free zone. See you next time.